Um, so the last two weeks, Jason has been telling you that we're in the middle of a prayer course and um, talking about this book by Pete Gregg. It's How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. Um, and I just want to kind of give my commercial endorsement for this book and this website. You guys, it is so flippin' awesome. Um, it's worth the time. Jump on Amazon and um, order it. Sorry. Um, and there's just really great tools on the website as well. So it's prayercourse.org. There's toolkits for each week's sermon. Um, just really, really powerful stuff um, that is really worth checking out. So uh, Pete Gregg, G-R-E-I-G, A Simple Guide for Normal People. Highly recommend. Jason said it, but I want to say it for those that listen to me more than him. Is he in here? Oh, shoot, he is. <laughs> Fooey. Um, so today, I love the way the schedule worked out that I got to talk about my favorite part of prayer. Um, like I said, we're going to be doing eight-week series. And I just want to offer a tiny caveat before I start. One of our weeks is going to be about unanswered prayer because we're obviously very aware that everyone has unanswered prayers in their life. And we're all struggling with something the Lord didn't answer. Um, and so we're going to touch on that. So keep that in mind as I'm talking today, because there'll be times where you're like, well, what about that when he didn't answer? So Joshua will cover that in a few weeks. So today I get to talk about petition. And I think um, it's just so exciting because all throughout scripture, the Lord is telling us to petition him in prayer. And it's kind of for me like my fastball where I just do it a lot, super informal, and it's just part of like who I am. So petition is a request made for something desired, especially a respectful or humble request as to a superior or to one of those in authority, a supplication or prayer. And supplication is the action or asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. I feel like I've done that a lot in my prayer life of that begging and asking the Lord, like, please, God. So petition is about praying for our needs. It's prayers of faith and trust. Um, I've been saved since, like, right before I was four years old. Um, so that's a long time. And part of me, that building that faith and trust, um, I was four years old. Our family grew up um, communally, similar to like Youth with a Mission, where we all lived in the same building. We ate together, we worked together, we went to school together, all in a big building. So my parents didn't have like traditional income. Um, so we just trusted the Lord basically every day for what we needed. So that's kind of part of my heritage of my faith building. So I was four years old, and I went to my parents, and I just said, can we do something Friday night? Which to four-year-old Janelle meant go out somewhere, because back then you didn't really go out to eat and out for treats like you do as much now. So my mom, I remember my mom saying, well, honey, you're going to have to pray and trust Jesus, because we don't really have the money for that but Jesus probably wants to do that for you. So four-year-old Janelle was praying and praying all throughout the week, Jesus, I want to do something. I want to do something. So I remember right towards the end of the week, um, going to our family's mailboxes and there's an envelope in it and I pulled it out. I wasn't really supposed to, but I did it anyway. 
And I pulled it out, and there was an envelope with my name on it. And so, of course, I'm going to open it. And I looked, and there were seven $1 bills. So, and you know, that was, what was that? A long time ago, in the 70s. Boy, I feel so old. Um, to $7 to a four-year-old then was like I was suddenly a millionaire. So guess whose family got to go to Dairy Queen that night? It was so cool. It was just such a, yeah, isn't that awesome? So little four-year-old had another level of faith and trust in Jesus' provision built. Fast forward to then, I was 11 years old, and my parents and my brother were going on an outreach to Guatemala. And I was going to stay home with my aunt and just have a good time and, you know, whatever. Um, and then as they were getting ready for this trip, all of a sudden I'm like feeling sick to my stomach and just like crying all the time thinking about Guatemala. And I went to my parents and I'm like, what? Why? I think I want to go. And I think they were trying to discourage me, like, no, you're just, you know, going to miss us or whatever. And the next day, I think I need, I'm supposed to go to Guatemala with you. Because then at that time, there was four in our family, and so we all would go together. So they're like, okay, well, you have to have $700 in one week's time. And I was, what was I, 11 years old. This was in mid-80s. You know, I had a paper out, but I certainly wasn't earning $700 in a week. And so they said, all right, just pray and ask the Lord for it. And so I prayed, you know, $12 came in and then 40 and there was like maybe two or three days left and I needed a lot of money. And so it was like starting to settle with, okay, I'm not going to go. I, I didn't hear the Lord or whatever. And then that last day, all the rest of the money came in, all $700. And so then I got to go to Guatemala. And yep, yep, thank you, God. I love it. And for me, that trip to Guatemala was super pivotal in my life as far as um, just my teenage trajectory and just, you know, when you go see people that live in mud huts at 11, that really shifts your, your first world problems perspective. So it was just such a beautiful um, you know, communion with the Lord about him proving himself faithful to me. And I realized this week how those two things were so formative in what I do here now for Christ Center, because there's a lot of times I have to tap deep into that faith for the Lord's provision and just trust him to provide. So those are just two little testimonies of my childhood of how God and I have prayed and um, petitioned, petitioned him for provision. So I just want to hit a couple of points about petition and things that I um, just want to highlight in it. And the first one is to ask boldly when we pray. You know, the Lord's like, do it, ask me. It's our privilege as his kid to ask him, and he wants us to ask. He's not, um, you know, like, well, you can only ask three things. You know, he's not a genie. He's like, ask me for it all, ask me. When I was a kid, um, like I said, my dad was a pastor, and he had a rule that any time my siblings and I needed him, if he was in his office in a meeting with people, we could go in. No matter what, no exceptions, we could, we could interrupt. And he wanted us to have that kind of access for him. I remember one time, I don't, I don't know why I did this, but I was just kind of being a punk, and I was basically abusing that access. 
So I went in after school, and I'm just talking, and he has someone in his office he's talking with, and so I'm like, well, I, I needed something. He's like, okay, well, come on, get your stuff and carry on. Well, no, and so he had this, like, giant desk, and you remember how those old-school desks had the center drawer, like, all the way to the very back? So I pull that drawer all the way out, and I'm like, well, Dad, I needed something I saw in here, and, you know, there was probably, like, an old, what are those, mints? Cert. He also always had cert, so there's probably one in the back with dust on it I thought I needed or something. <laughs> totally abusing that. However, my point is, um, God, if my earthly dad is willing to stop what he's doing, you know, talking to this person is very important, but if he wants to give me that kind of access, how much more does our heavenly father want that, giving us that access, that permission, that bold that he's wanting from us. Like, do it, ask for it, ask for it. Ask for that dusty cert in the back of the drawer, whatever that looks like to you. Matthew 7, in the message version, it says, don't bargain with God. Be direct, ask for what you need. I love that, be direct. I'm a very direct person, so that speaks to my heart. This, is a, this isn't a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your child asks for bread, do you trick him with sawdust? If he asks for fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? Ugh. As bad as you are, you wouldn't think of such a thing. You, you're at least decent to your own children. So don't you think the God who conceived you in love will be any better? Isn't that so good? Be bold, be direct. It's not a cat and mouse game. He wants you to ask. Don't be afraid to ask, you guys. Think about when your kids are asking you for something like, Mom, I need a snack, I need a snack. They're confident they're going to get what they ask. They don't have to wonder if you're going to help them tie their shoe. They don't have to wonder if you're going to give them a comforting hug when they fall down. They know because they've asked and you've proven yourself faithful to them and how much more... Jesus is doing that. I picture him like when we ask for, you know, whatever, he's up in heaven, he's there going, heck yes, I can do that, let's go, let's do this together. This is a relational connection, this asking. Think if your kids never asked you for something, like it would be like a robot, like here's your meal, here's your new jeans, here's this. No, they wanna ask you for the name brand, you know, Nikes or, or whatever it is. And sometimes it's hard to do the asking. It feels vulnerable and kind of scary. And then when we ask and maybe aren't getting that answer yet, and the waiting, and it just builds such character in us. It's intentional to do this, to ask and not be passive and just take what comes, but to ask for what we need. It's such beautiful, um, things that happen when we are able to be fully honest with the Lord and just say, God, this is what I need today. This is what I need. And he wants that and he's excited. You know, scripture tells us to ask in Jesus' name. Um, when I grew up, you know, again, in the 80s, it was like big hair televangelist praying in the name of Jesus and this, you know, big dramatic um, talking. And I thought that was the secret sauce. Like, well, until I... <laughs> wear enough makeup and have my hair big enough and can pray properly. Um, but he's like, no, just ask in my name. Just do it. Because what that means is asking for things that are consistent with his character 
and it aligns our priorities with his priorities for us and his purposes for my life. It's so beautiful. It just takes so much pressure off of us. Like think about the prayers that you've prayed that God has said no to or that he hasn't answered. Like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for telling me no or not answering. I know um, <laughs> Joshua's not here, so I can tell this story a little bit. But <laughs> when he first started here, um, he was not my jam. I can say that. I just, I realized, mm, I don't think that this is going to work for me to stay on staff at Christ Center. And so I was praying, asking the Lord to send someone to replace me, because to bring somebody more of what Joshua needs and um, to just move me on out. And I am so grateful today that he did not answer that prayer, because it, it, he changed my heart and gave me a love and appreciation and respect for Joshua that I didn't have, and he said no to that prayer. Well, he didn't answer it, so I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful most days. Yes, thank you. He's been gone for two weeks on vacation. He's back next this week, so I miss him. So now I'm extra thankful. So my next point is kind of my life's theme, and that's inviting him into the details. I'm a detail person. I love to bring order to chaos, and I think it's super important to pray about everything, everything. Inviting God into the dailiness of your life um, he is in here, but one of my nephews and I just went shopping and he needed something kind of specific. And so we're just walking into the store. I'm like, all right, Jesus, this is how much time we have to spend. This is how much money that I would prefer to spend. This is what we're asking for. And sure enough, we got it. We got it. And just inviting him into those things is so beautiful. How many of you have prayed for a parking spot before? How... Okay, not as many as I thought. How many of you are scandalized to even think of that? You don't have to raise your hand. That's okay. Um, I, I love doing those little things, those little prayer things. Like, does it matter if I have to walk in the rain at Costco? Yeah, not really. You know, compared to a war in Ukraine, it doesn't matter. It's not important. However, it's important to me. It's important to him. And he often provides those parking places, very often. When we pray about those small things, the parking places or the, you know, sweatshirt at TJ Maxx that we were looking for, whatever it is, it, it helps us to just cultivate a heart of gratitude and to be thankful and just, just aware of him partnering with us in the dailiness of our life. When we only pray for the big things, like healing of cancer or the, you know, whatever, peace on earth. Um, we don't get to see some of these smaller faith-building miracles along the way because we're only praying for the big stuff. I've shared a little bit here um, about my mom, and she died of Alzheimer's uh, about four years ago. And in that journey with her, um, obviously we were praying all the time. And our family was contending until the day she died for a healing, healing for the Lord to restore her mind, bring her into a right mind. And we didn't see that on earth. Um, so that's definitely for me an unanswered prayer that I sometimes wrestle with. Um, 
And so if that was how I was basing my prayer life on God not answering to heal my mom, if that's the only thing I was praying about, I would be really disappointed. I would be really um, disillusioned and just like, well, my experience is God doesn't answer prayer. But that isn't all that I prayed about. I remember um, when she was in memory care facility, you know, parking there was awful. And I would pray like, Lord, I need a place to park. Just would you help? And then there's a place to park. Or I would pray that um, she, for God's comfort on days that she didn't know who I was. And I would just absolutely feel his comfort. <laughs> One day I found comfort in humor. She, we were visiting and she said, have you seen Janelle lately? You know, I am Janelle. And I said, well, yeah, pretty recently. And she goes, oh, okay. And I said, well, I'm like, I'm going here. <laughs> I said, what do you think about her? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, and she said, well, and she kind of scrunched up her face. Now, you have to know, my mom was the sweetest, most even-tempered person on the planet, just like always calm, always loving, just very affectionate. And so, what do you think about her? Well, <laughs> and I'm just like already laughing. I mean... She, she's good, yeah, she's, she's nice, but man, she's bossy a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's because you trained me, Mom. <laughs> so anyway, but the Lord's, the Lord's you know, humor in those times, like helping me be able to laugh, helping me to be able to find the bizarre, weird joy in it, you know, the times I prayed for her to remember something from my childhood and be able to talk about it with her. It, there was just so much comfort there. Even though this giant request he is not answering and not talking to me about, these little ones along the way, I'm still connected to him. We're still um, building layers of faith and strength and depth in me. When we make prayer as a lifestyle, it just absolutely shifts our perspective to see, like I said, all of these steps along the way, all the little miracles that he does every day, every day. Yesterday, I had an insanely busy day and I'm just like, Lord, you have to help me just with all of these things and you know, not spill the food on the people's carport. I was catering a little meal and just these little things that he loves to partner with, the food gets done on time and you find a parking place and the meat you need to buy is on sale, just all of those things. Because um, when it's raining, and you're running at Costco with your cart full, it's a huge blessing to only have to run from here to that wall with your cart, right? That's a big deal when it's pouring down rain and you're trying to get the kids in the car, whatever it is you're doing. That's a super, super big deal, and God loves to do that. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. So that's his pray all the time. So to me, he's saying all the time, all the time about everything. It's a directive to be praying, to be um, talking about all of it, 
To me, there's nothing that's off limits, nothing. This type of prayer, um, this petitioning prayer, in my opinion, takes practice. You know, you aren't gonna just instantly start praying for someone to be healed of cancer without probably some other faith-building prayers along the way. Now, that can happen, but, um, you know, you might start with a parking place. You might start with, today I feel nervous, Lord, I need your peace, or, you know, help me to get something on sale at the grocery store because our budget's tight. Whatever it is, he's asking us to pray about it. My friend Caden Orton, he's seven, right? Seven? And he and I pray about a lot of stuff. It's a super, super special part of our relationship. And he is very matter-of-fact, as am I. And so um, we just, this is part of what we do. We send each other Marco Polo's video messages and just talk about stuff. So he and I have prayed for spiders and crickets to be friends. I have no idea what that means, but that's what he wanted me to pray for, so I did. Is that a thing that happens, Dad? I don't know. I don't know. We've prayed for snow. Two snow days ago, he sent me a Marco from his property. Miss Janelle, look. And he's like panning the whole property. It snowed. I don't have to go to school because I can play. Bye, gotta go. And he was just so excited because he we've been praying for snow. We prayed about the weather for Aunt Misty's wedding because we were concerned it was going to rain, and it did not rain. I'm getting goosebumps remembering that day. It was beautiful. It did not rain. It was perfect. One of my favorites that we prayed about um, was he got a new fish tank. And have you ever gotten a tour of a fish tank via Marco Polo? That was... <laughs> Thank you, Mom, for cutting that short. <laughs> that was something. But he, um, he got a fish tank, he earned money, he earned a reward, and he was so excited. And he wanted this particular like castle or figurine or something. They went to the store and it was $90. I'm like, oof. So dad and mom said, well, I'm sorry, honey, that's not in the budget, but let's... So he prayed and he asked Jesus. And a couple days later, he found one at Goodwill for $5. Isn't that awesome? Like, yes, flipping awesome. And, like, that just makes me want to cry, just like how God wants to partner with Caden about his fish tank, because it's important to him. It's important to him. It's just such beautiful um, building blocks of faith um, in his life. Like, he, he has a lot of faith, but I just think it's so beautiful. A little side note is if, you're, if your prayer life feels a little dry, or this kind of stuff feels like, mm, I don't know, Janelle, that seems... That seems weird. I would encourage you to get a kid and pray with a kid and just hear their perspective, hear about, uh, what was it? Crickets and spiders being friends. You know, just those important things. It's so good. It's so good. These things are part of us asking and believing, faith being built on top of each other. That's just, it's so beautiful. My next point, I feel like I'm a resident expert on. My family needs to hush. But the next one is to be stubborn. <laughs> yep, hey, I heard a loud yes over there. Um, be stubborn and keep on asking. It's so important. Yes, he is stubborn. Um, scripture instructs us to ask, seek, and knock. 
think about when your kids are doing that. Mom, I need a snack. Mom, mom, mom. They're asking, they're seeking, they're knocking. They're just very persistent. They're stubbornly waiting for you to give them that stupid snack already. They'll get it, right? Haven't you guys have experienced that where it's like they will get the snack that they want because they are asking, seeking, and knocking. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. <clears throat> Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. That feels like we're supposed to be stubborn in prayer and be tenacious and just keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't quit. Don't give up. It's building blocks, like I said. Um, quite a, gosh, a long time ago, I was in a car accident and um, it left me with some back trouble and settled with the insurance company and it was like, Oh man, I have, I'm gonna have a, maybe a bad back for most of my life. So prayed a lot, and don't you love that faith? <laughs> prayed a lot, like when there's times for, if you need healing, come forward, and I would go forward and go forward and get prayer and get prayer, and nothing happened. Like I had to kind of baby my lower back and just be careful, and it hurt every day. Like I thought about it, and there was times where it's like, mm, I'm not gonna do that, my back won't let me. And that, that was like super discouraging. Just like, I, I think I was maybe still in my early 30s and I'm like, I don't want this. Prayed all the time, prayed, prayed, nothing happened. Um, and then 10 years after that car accident, Joshua and Karen and I were at a conference in California and they said, okay, so anyone that needs healing, please, you know, we're gonna pray for you. So I didn't even occur to me to ask for prayer for my back. But I'm like, well, I struggle with headaches. I'm going to get prayer for that. So they prayed for me. Nothing really happened. They moved on to the next person. And that person, they started praying, and the guy that was leading the prayer is like, so do you have a bad back? And she said, no. And he said, okay, is there anyone here that has a bad back? No. And then I was like, oh, I do. <laughs> Duh. And so they prayed for me, and, you know, was, that was good. And then he prayed again. And then I know this sounds crazy, you guys, but you're not going to convince me it didn't happen. I was standing there, they were praying, and I felt what felt like hands inside my back, like on my lower spine here, like, like turning and bringing alignment. And I have never had that pain since that day. Yeah. So 10 years of that and many years of forgetting to pray, just being discouraged or just like resigned to it, the Lord answered that prayer. I think so often when we see like what looked like that day an instant miracle, we're like, oh, they have better faith than we do or they, they pray better, they get the in the name of Jesus right or God likes them better. We don't see the behind the scenes that 10 years of knocking and asking and seeking. We don't see all of the, you know, crying your eyes out at night, you know, begging the Lord, petitioning the Lord. We don't see that. I love how Pete Gregg in this book says, it's God suddenly happens slowly, 
most instant miracles take years. Like that really describes how he works so much, doesn't it? Luke 18 is talking about the persistent widow. It's a parable that Jesus was telling. And the main point of this was to keep asking. That was his main point in the story. Be stubborn and don't quit. And in, at the end of the story, the judge finally gave her what she wanted because he said, I just want her to leave me alone. Just give her what she wants. And at the end of that passage in Luke, it says, then the master said, do you hear what that judge, corrupt as he is, is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you, he will. He will not drag his feet, but how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on earth when he returns? Isn't that just so beautiful that if a, a judge that is obviously corrupt and doesn't care about kingdom values is saying, yes, how much more the Lord is like, keep asking me, keep knocking, keep talking, just keep doing it. He's asking us to have that consistent faith and to be stubborn, to be stubborn. Um, a quote from Pete Gregg in this book, it's impossible to grow in faith without growing in faithfulness. And it's impossible to grow in faithfulness if all your prayers are answered right away. Isn't that good? But when we endure delays, disappointments, and discouragements without giving up or backing down, when we keep beating on heaven's door with bruised knuckles in the dark, our faith expands into faithfulness. And I just love that. How many of us are walking around with those bruised knuckles, with those, you know, heart cries, and just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it? I asked my dad to share a couple of testimonies um, about how the Lord has done this in his life. And speaking of stubborn, he had knee surgery last week. And I said, why don't you talk from the ground? Oh, no, I can walk upstairs. He's... This, what, is it this apple didn't fall far from this tree of stubborn? I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Isn't she great? <laughs> I understand the Bible verse that says there's no greater joy than see your children walking in the truth. Yeah. In my life... I want to piggyback a little bit on a couple of things that she talked about. Training our children in prayer establishes a pattern for their life that there's nothing else. If I were a millionaire, I still wanted her to pray for those seven $1 bills because it established something in her life. Now, my side of the story, I was driving up knowing that she had been praying for something and I didn't have any money. And she came running out with little pigtails, flowing the breeze, waving the envelope, and she said this, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, looky, Jesus gave me the dollars. Where she assigned the credit to was Jesus. See, that established a pattern for her life. 
My petitioning began when, well, years ago, but the first recollection I have was when we first learned that Joyce was pregnant with our oldest. And I began to lay my hand on Joyce's tummy and pray every day. But every day I ended the prayer for Danny with God, I pray this child shall have a tender heart for the things of God. Well, when Janelle was in the womb, I had a different prayer in my heart. I don't know where these came from, except now I have to believe it was God. When Janelle was in the womb, I says, God, I pray this child shall be able to learn quickly, give her a good mind, and to grasp your concepts. Now, when Carly was in the womb, because the circumstances around her birth, that wasn't until a little bit later, but when Carly, I prayed for her, God, I pray that she will be creative and that she'll not be intimidated by anybody else and be able to walk in her own creativity. Now, you meet my three kids. How would you describe Danny? What a tender heart. How would you describe Janelle? What a good mind and a capability. How would you describe Carly? See, that started by my petitioning while they're in the womb. You can shape your child's future while they're still in the womb. Don't wait until you can see them because they're still a person. And I petitioned the Lord all my life. I have lived the last 50 years, 50 years now, without a job that pays money. And God has provided every time, in every situation, for 50 years in a row. I've traveled all over the world. I lost count how many times. And it's just amazing how God. I remember one time I was, I I directed a ministry called Daystar years ago, and it was pretty large. It had 100 staff in multiple locations, and and I came home from a trip on a Friday night, and our bookkeeper met me at the door. He usually waits till you know till I, you know, put my suitcase away or the next day or something. This he met me at the door and he showed me the balance sheet, and this was not good. I mean, we're talking about electricity getting shut off, not being able to eat and heat the building. I had a lot of people in this building, so I got the the leaders together. We began to fast. We met every morning at 5 a.m. for two hours and we prayed. And we petitioned God, provide God for Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday morning came. We started to pray. All of a sudden, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew God had heard my prayer, our prayer. So I said, well, guys, you can keep on praying if you want, but I'm going to go eat breakfast. That day, we got a check in the mail for $15,400. I was praying for $15,000. God hears us, the big things and the little things. Just two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now, I was coming home from a trip, and, and we had uh, a change of planes in Minneapolis at 30 minutes Minneapolis is a pretty large airport. I was going from Seagate on gate 26, and there's only one side of the concourse that has gates. You had to walk down 26 gates 
and then across there and down to F. And I wasn't going to make it. And that was right before my knee surgery, and I wasn't walking well. So Don and I prayed, Lord, we have to get there. Lord, could you help us? So I walked out of the plane, and here was this golf cart. And the guy said, hey, you want to ride? I mean, I didn't walk 10 steps before. Took me right to the gate, walked off the plane. They were loading the plane, walked right on, and the, every bin was full of luggage. And I have a suitcase with uh, my briefcase with a, my computer and everything, and nowhere except one bin over my seat. God hears the cry of our hearts. Here's our petitions. And there's nothing that's too big and nothing is too small. And I am so grateful for the privilege I have to raise children to teach them how to pray. I tell you, if you want, to, you want someone to believe with faith with you, ask Janelle. Because that four little girl heard the Lord and saw the Lord answer a prayer. I could tell you a whole bunch more of how the Lord answered the cry of her heart. Be bold. Don't mean maybe quite as stubborn as Janelle, but be stubborn. Hey, mute his mic. Mute his mic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dad. So today, you guys are going to be the prayer team, and we're going to get with one person um, and pray through a couple of things. But I asked Mark Willem and Kathy Stott, they're going to come now, and they're going to be over here. And if you have a specific area where you need healing in your body, emotions, whatever, just anything with healing, they are going to pray and believe with you. Um, they both have a lot of faith in this area, and I'm just excited to see what the Lord's going to do. I just felt like the Lord was stirring something with um, healing today, so don't miss out on them. But what we're going to do together is share with somebody one small thing, like getting off a plane and there being a golf cart, and one giant thing, like believing for $15,000. Um, and then just quickly pray for one another about that. Um, because it's so important to just practice this and to get to share in the privilege of praying with somebody. And then if you are here and you're just like, I don't buy anything that, that I said, I would love to pray with you. Like that doesn't intimidate me at all because I certainly used to be there. And if you're just like, mm, no thanks, please come and just let me pray with you. I would just really be privileged and love to do that. So um, right now, find somebody and pray together with one small thing and one large miracle thing. And then you guys can be free to go at that. Bless you and thank you.